I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 30th of April for our 122nd episode. Dude, it's been like, has it been 100 episodes now since you've been on? Because it was uh, shortly right after episode I 20. joined up somewhere in the 30s, I think. No, I don't think it was that late. Yeah. Well, because you'd guessed it on a couple oh, yeah, with I us mean, beforehand. I officially took over it was in the 30s. So. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go back and check. I, uh... I know it was pretty early on when I came on. Oh, I know that. And like well, you seven or something. Yeah, you'd guested with us even before the actual features you were doing for us too. That was even way before that. But you'd actually guested a couple of times, and then you came on officially. I thought it was shortly after twenty. Of course, I could be wrong. After Drunk Tank Three, Dan says, "Was it that long?" Yeah. Uh, after that, okay, I'll have to go back and check. It's funny because I was listening to Joe was on um, Twisted Nether Blogcast. And they asked him, so how did the Fourth Lore podcast start? And Bastard got it all wrong. And I'm, I'm listening, I'm going, um, no. Did he overly inflate his own role? Yeah, in the I'm going, yeah, that's uh, that's actually not how it happened. I actually that's left funny. a message on, their, on the comments for that saying, if you ever want the real story of how it happened, you know, let me, I'll pop on and I'll tell you. Because what's funny is that, and you know this too. Like well, I'm pulling that up right now. I hang on to everything. So I have like when when we have uh, you always know you're on the air. To, you're being recorded if we're if we're on Skype or something. I got it. And then I keep all my emails too. And so I have the emails literally from before for the lore started. And what's ironic is that Joe wasn't even the first one I asked. <laughs> he was <laughs> he and Enrique were the two that I wanted on the show. And I didn't actually ask anybody else at that point because I wanted to ask them first. And if they said no, then, okay, I'll, I'll look and think about other people. But I actually asked Rick before Joe. And, and Rick had said, yeah, for sure. And then uh, and then I'd ask Joe. But I'd been discussing podcasting with Joe beforehand. But that's because he was going to do another podcast with somebody else. And he wanted some tips and all that. So I'd sent him a couple of emails. And then we started talking about podcasting and whatnot. And then it was... Again, after some of that, that I asked him if he'd like to be in on a project that I was doing. Bastards telling him, oh, yeah, 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 we were setting this all up together. What the hell's wrong with it? Where's your memory? Jesus, freaking inflated ego. <laughs> Doesn't even begin to describe it. <laughs> okay, anyways, we're, we're here to talk about games, not just to make fun of Joe. Um, <laughs> we're very good at both. Oh, damn right. Uh, the big one, of course, was we just had our beta this weekend for Guild Wars 2. And, of course, the NDA is gone, so we can talk about... Not that it would stop us. <laughs> it would just be an awesome card game, another card game that came out that we'd be discussing. 
<laughs> so the um the beta came out and we were able to log in on uh Friday afternoon. It was actually a little bit earlier too, about a half hour earlier than uh what they'd initially planned. So which was my son had the day off and he was ecstatic about being able to get into it. So he started playing and right away as soon as it was it was up and I of course I was still working. And so he's playing upstairs and he's telling me how unbelievably awesome it is. And then I'm I'm having to work until the end of my shift. And he played for, on Friday, a good five, six hours. And I got to play some on uh, Saturday. I actually put in quite a bit of time. And then on Sunday, we took our turns. And, I mean, holy crap in hell. We had an absolute blast, which is not to say that I don't have things to say about it or opinions, but we'll get into that in a minute. So what did you think overall? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said on uh, AIM, halfway through character creation, I thought it was the best MMO I'd ever seen. Like, after the big epic intro with, oh my god, music and voice acting and awesome artwork and just craziness. <laughs> it's like, I almost wanted to log out and make another character right then and there. Yeah, I, yeah, see, I, um, I really love the, the style uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Those cinematics are just absolutely fantastic. And it ties in so well with the questing in the game when you are seeing those cinematics as well. And initially, I I didn't think they'd be as engaging as what they actually are. Like when you're in it and you're seeing all of the, the quests now, and it's not like fully acted um, questing that you get in the Old Republic but it's very similar. It's just against a different backdrop and you just see the two characters talking to each other. But it's a lot more than what I thought it was going to be. And that blew me away. I was I was so freaking happy to see that. Yeah, even if the voice acting needs uh, oh, some, some serious work. Oh my God, yeah. Some of it is fantastic. Some of it you're going like, this is damn cool. And some of it is like, wow, really? Did, did they have the girl that makes the coffee read off a few cards? I was thinking just, some just of, for the purposes of beta. I was thinking some of it was a guy who sweeps the floor. <laughs> Yo, buddy, Amir, come here. We got a job for you. I, I say Amir because he's in the chat room. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, the the voice acting definitely needed a shot in the arm. The um, the uh, I say that no, Star Mike actually was saying that, and the some of the anim the animation in those questing too, like it's supposed to be really intense, and it's like I feel like being a director saying I just ain't feeling hippie. <laughs> People, come on, <laughs> work with me. And so that kind of took away from the experience as well. But we're getting ahead of each other. Um, of ourselves, I should say. <clears throat> the um, the character creation is awesome. You have a lot of different options, although much more so I found for the uh, the char than say the humanoids. I found the humanoids were uh, actually. Let me clarify. I, I thought the Nord, had a Nord yeah, a lot. It was the actual humans. Uh, I was really I, I let didn't down make by the an humans. Actual human myself. As a whole, I thought the human experience as a whole was a big letdown. So let's get that out of the way right away. Um, the Norn one was cool, although the Norn, the Norn one was basically the bounty hunter quest line in the Old Republic, just not even close to as epic. 
So my bounty hunter never killed a thirty foot tall ice worm. <laughs> oh please, yeah, that was so easy. It was a yeah. joke. Well, it's it's the tutorial area. Like and, I, 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 my Norn got up to like level twelve. So uh, I saw the the story does expand quite nicely beyond that. And see, this is where I and I, I want to say it right off the bat. I. I'm not a fanboy, but I love ArenaNet, okay? And I love the Guild Wars IP. So if I sound like I'm being overly critical, keep in mind that this is the game that I still have. I believe it was a PC Gamer issue that announced Guild Wars 2, okay? I have been that excited. And that's from like 2007, I believe. It was a long time ago. Um I am a huge fan of the Guild Wars IP, and if you'll recall, if you're a faithful listener, some of you in the audience, you'll recall way back when, when we were talking and joking around about what could be the wild killer, my opinion was Guild Wars 2. We uh, laughed at you. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then we you saw know. the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's... Um, there's a lot of love. Now, that being said, again, it's one of those things where, again, if I'm being critical, let's keep that in mind. There's a lot of things with this that bothered me. So, like, getting into the, like you were saying, it's the tutorial area. I'm at the point now, like I've said before, that I have... I have very little patience for the concept of tutorial areas now. I really don't think that they have a place in modern gaming anymore. So... I'm not going to argue that. And we saw far too much of that with this. So between the three of them, you're winding up doing the same thing. Well, I shouldn't say the same thing, but you're doing uh, uh, the the starter tutorial kind of questing, which is really, really simple. Like case in point, you didn't do the humans, but when you do humans at one point, you're picking apples from an apple orchid and orchard and like killing spiders and stuff like that. And you're going like, Oh my God, this is not epic. And the problem spiders are fucking scary. Oh yeah. Those little ones are pretty scary. They might give you a rash. The, um, and then there's some Roger of knows that. All about and, rash. I, Come dude, see I some of our tropical spiders. <laughs> <laughs> These weren't like that. Um, so there, there was a lot of things like that, that I found that it was, uh, again, starter area concept which i i just can't get behind anymore at all at all at all but then the problem was too that it went from okay we're going to give you a couple of starter quest kind of things and then it ramped up to okay you're fighting this unbearably epic whatever this is going to be and there was not enough in between at all at all at all and so the the balancing was way way off and then we'll get into the questing later on but i don't know if you agree with me on that i didn't feel it quite as strongly as you did it was just like i knew that little first area was kind of separate from the flow of the rest of the game so i just mentally kind of just blocked it out but i i can definitely see your concerns though yeah and then when you get into the the questing there there was the biggest problem for me and and again i I know what questing in the Guild Wars IP can be, so I've got faith in what this is going to become. I do. But based on these starter quests, I was not impressed, with the exception of the char was better. The the Nord, again, the Norn, got better as it progressed, but it was still the bounty hunter questline from Star Wars, only not even close to 
as epic. Maybe yours was. My Norn storyline was completely different. Well, it was okay. Well, it was the Great Hunt. Yeah, my my Great Hunt stopped after the worm. My mm-hmm. storyline went in a completely different direction. Okay, because I did the the Great Hunt. I did a little bit after that, and again, but those oh, no, are my, mine involved like the the aspects of the four. Yeah, I did that too. Animal spirits and like the being trapped in the dream realm and just some craziness going on. I okay. I'm not saying Norm it was shamanism the, for the win. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was nowhere near as good as what I'd hoped it would be. Now that I think being the said, big problem is the freaking char was just awesome from beginning to yeah, end. Yeah, the char one was just fantastic. And and the other thing too is that I was I I was expecting more. I really really was, and that was a little bit of a letdown. But I was still being critical and not just oh i was hoping so much for so much more so it sucked no no no. let's look at what's being offered and go from there so and and i did the humans first and that was a mistake excuse me because that was just bad i mean that was terrible and i had a necro and i thought oh this is gonna be great and i chose the you're a kid from the streets kind of thing and i mean your starter quests which are supposed to like just jump start right into epic right and make you feel great and move on and all that you're fighting street thugs that are a joke. They're so easy to kill. You're dealing with a loser friend that's getting in trouble. It was just, it was bad. It was, in my opinion, it was bad writing, and it made the human quest line feel absolutely mediocre. But I you didn't, didn't do one. Human, yeah. So. so the char, though, like we're saying, was great. Now the one thing too is that not only do they have to work on the the questing, but if you look at <laughs> at the layout of what where the quests are located and the level requirements and all that, you are going to find. I found at least, and so did my son. the 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 char area went from not enough starter quests you know, for those lower levels to a half a minute walk to where there's level nines, eights and nines that take you down. They freaking get a switch and spank you with it. (laughs) And so there, there didn't appear to be enough quests to actually level you up at a, a decent rate so that you get to those areas. And because of the way the quests are set up, which I I did love, though, where they tell you, hey, check out here, 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 and here on the map and all that. But it just felt like there wasn't enough to level you up appropriately before you start going into areas where they're going to put a hurting on you. See, I never experienced that. But then again, I spent a lot of time, A, running around exploring because that's one thing Guild Wars does better than any other game I've played is that sense of exploration of, hey, let's put this little marker on your mini map for where you can find a skill point. But let's not fucking tell you how to get there. Yeah. So you're running all over the countryside. And while I was doing all this exploring, it was just dynamic events going off everywhere. So I had tons of experience. I was well over the level cap on all of my characters constantly. So I didn't have that same problem. Oh, so see, we didn't. We were we took part in. The dynamic events, for sure, but we also were actively seeking out the quests so that we could do the quests. So, it, mm-hmm. because that's one of the big things that I wanted, especially, was to experience what the quest, what the lore is going to be, and how strong that is. I didn't want just another Terra where you know combat is fun, but the storylines are weak. I wanted to know, okay, what is the quest line? What 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 am I looking at here? So, by actively seeking those out. And doing some of the things that you see on the side and whatnot, then 
that's where I noticed the the problems with the level level requirements and whatnot. So, and I I really felt it most on on the char. <laughs> like you, you need trial by fire for damn sure. Because uh, <laughs> there's some people there that want to put a hurting on you, especially those freaking well, I, flame legion dudes. <laughs> I think some of the issue there as well is uh, the scaling of the events because when you have 50 million people all piled into one place and you know it scales to the highest level that's there, and so you suddenly a level four quest with you know a half dozen mobs turns into 50 level nine mobs. And <laughs> every, what it is a lesson in pain. Everybody was playing Chara too, so it was nuts. Dude, Norn was packed too. I, it's... Oh, okay. Well, see, when I was doing my um, the the, the Chara, it was full, full, full of people. And the problem too is that I chose Warrior for him, which means that I got to get in the thick of stuff to do any damage. Dude. And so I was fighting the freaking flame shaman and it got to the that, point where that he, guy hurts. he would look at me and wink and I died. <laughs> it got bad because my, the more you die, the easier it is for them to kill you as well until you go back to town. See, my Norn was a guardian, so I was, you know, holding the line. It was So I had some like really epic moments in these dynamic events. There was one I forget exactly what we were doing. We were protecting a cave from the the sons of Svanir. And they just kept cresting this hill over and over again. It was like me and a warrior were just like standing side by side, just holding the line. And I, I kept using my defense skill and my health regen skill, laying down my fire AOE. So everybody firing the skills behind me. It was absolute chaos, fighting gobs and gobs of enemies that were should have killed me no problem but through the way the 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 team dynamics work even for people you're not partied with it it was a great fun experience oh i won't i won't disagree my my uh my nord dude was a uh, a ranger and just like with guild wars i really like the ranger class in this game and so this was fun and you get your pet immediately and then you I wasn't expecting to but it's really growing on me too the ranger oh yeah I was loving it I was seriously digging it and so I had uh, my wolf first and then I got a cat immediately and I had a freaking crow as well and what I loved was that I see. I went and did the um, the the dynamic event that was in the mines, and I mean, here's here's what makes the game epic as well. You have this unbelievably di- um, epic scaled event that's in a freaking mine. It's bandits in the mine that you're fighting, <laughs> but it turned into something that was greater than itself. It was like this is so much fun because you get to that final boss, and we had so many people there that. He was one tough bastard. He was hard to bring down. And what I loved, too, was that, like, with that, I was able to keep my distance and keep shooting. And then as one pet would be dying, but they don't die, they come back to you and they just kind of take a breather, you can summon your other pet that comes back at full health. So he takes off running after the mob. And starts, and as soon as he's close to dead, he comes back, and you can just continue to swap him out. So you always have that pet DPS that's helping you. So that was, I really liked it. A lot of the dynamics about the Ranger class, I, I was really, really digging. And then, of course, we can't talk about, you know, class dynamics without talking about the weapons and how unbearably awesome it was. To be trying out all manner of I different tried out weapons. Damn near every combination possible. I was picking up branches if I saw them. I'll, I'll try <laughs> anything as a weapon. <laughs> Let me take a pants off. I got a weapon right here. <laughs> See how I level that up. But I was working uh, on every achievement unlocked. unlocked yes. <laughs> 
that was for you, David. Um, so there was uh, there was a lot that I loved there that made it so that the the play style was always dynamic and fun and engaging because all it took was another freaking weapon and boom, you're good to go. Yeah, and and then even when you put in the uh the added dimension of being able to swap between the weapon sets. So now it's not only, okay, which weapon set do I want to use, but coming up with builds and concept, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's something I was telling my son as well, which is straight from Guild Wars as well, because the weapons thing was, was something that you had to play, pay close attention to there as well, where you're going to want to be bringing extra weapons with you based on what you believe your encounters are going to be. So you mm-hmm. really have to plan ahead for what your encounters are going to be. And I absolutely love that. So overall this weekend, I'm, I'm still very happy that I pre-ordered. Um, I'm very excited about the prospects of it. I loved the combat. I had a blast. It looks so gorgeous. The only thing that needs help right now, in my opinion, is the questing, at least at the lower levels, is weak. Excuse me. And then the um, the the voice acting, some of the voice acting really needs some some work. Hey, I'm looking at it more from like a gameplay perspective. Mesmer, uh, Guardian, Elementalist, all unbelievably awesome. Uh, Ranger, much better than expected. Oh, the thief. <laughs> I didn't try the thief, but... I was very disappointed by the necromancer, though. It just the minions were not really doing it for me, and the 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 death shroud mechanic, I didn't like it. Like it's the the skills that were available in the death death shroud just weren't that fun. Like it was like oh, it's my primary class skill, and I don't ever want to use it. Actually, I agree with you. I the the necro that I played, I was not impressed with it, and I enjoyed playing a necro in Guild Wars One. And like looking I, at it as as a debuffing class and like you know crippling and all that, I can see a lot of potential there. But the, the actual like minion aspect and other parts of it need some work. Yeah, uh, of course, I'm hoping that it would get better as you level up and have more abilities and things like that. And then again, depending on what what weapons you use. But from what I saw, no, I wasn't I wasn't ecstatic about it. To really not at all, no. And, and the other as, one too. As a word of advice, when you're getting your girlfriends interested in this game, don't show them the fun little mini game of the armor dies. <laughs> Character creation lasts an hour. <laughs> Everything has to match. <laughs> There's no random button. Um, the other class that I was surprised that I wasn't crazy about was the freaking warrior. Now, granted, early levels that's going to change, especially as you get different weapons as well, but. I wasn't digging it nearly as much as I enjoyed the Warrior in Guild Wars 1, which I really quite enjoyed. I'm thinking I'm going to be enjoying more the the ranged classes in this, like the um, the Ranger, like the um, the Elementalist, which I didn't play in this, but I played the crap out of in, in Guild Wars 1, and like the Engineer as well and things like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying those. I'm sure this is a stupid question. Did you try crafting? You know what, dude, I... I did a little bit, and then it was like, honestly, I've got two days, and there's other <laughs> things I want to do this weekend, so I'm not even going to waste my time. So any crafting uh, stuff I got, I just got rid of. Well, I tried crafting, but like every piece of actual gear you can make requires this uh, regent called a vial of blood. 
I'm looking everywhere. I went onto the forums finding what the hell is a vial of blood. And there's like just this huge epic post of like nobody can get a fucking vial of blood anywhere at all ever except this one guy that has like 400 of them that he's selling on the trading post. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why nobody's got any geez. No, he's the only one that's dropping for. <laughs> Like, nobody has ever even seen one drop. He's like, oh, yeah, I got, like, a 50% drop rate on these guys. And, like, the next poster is, like, I killed 40 of them and didn't get one. I honestly have no clue if I came across one. Because I got a lot of crafting stuff, tons. And I just just kept selling it because, again, I didn't want to waste my time on it. I, I really wanted to. I had all kinds of components. I just couldn't make a goddamn thing. <laughs> okay, so as a whole, you're happy with it? I am very pleased. Okay, good. I actually, I'm glad my son had been trying to decide if he was going to be picking up with his own money, this or Diablo 3. And so after this weekend, he's decided with this, which is, I'm actually very happy because I pre-ordered Guild Wars 2, but I created a new account for it, not thinking. Because my old (laughs) account, I unlocked a bunch of stuff through the Hall of Monuments. Mm -hmm. So I've got some awesome stuff that I want to be able to use. So luckily he's going to be buying it. So I told him, well, you can have my digital deluxe and not have to worry about paying the extra. And then I'll just pre-order again for myself on my old account. Cause I want that freaking flaming sword that you get the dragon sword. Yes. Cause I unlocked that yeah. and I was reading, they're actually going to implement a way that you can continue to use it and it'd be effective as you level. Oh. oh yeah so i like want the legacy weapons that level up with you as you go up i yeah. want two of those on my my freaking thief <laughs> stabity stab with fire awesome <laughs> okay let's move on to something else that we played this weekend and that was the demo for dragon's dogma now you heard us being quite excited for it what i wanted to see out of this was the only thing that i'm skeptical about and that was the lore the questing the stories And we got none of that in the freaking demo. The demo is, there's nothing to it. It's a couple of fights. Now, I shouldn't say there's nothing to it. The fights are freaking awesome, but there's two (laughs) fights. That's it. And then you can play around with character creation and things like that. But that's it. There's no actual story. You don't get any of how the questing mechanics are going to work or anything like that. And I found that really disappointing because again that's a huge thing that being said the two encounters you have especially the one with the griffin outside oh, that was sick i was you... like oh cool i got a bow let me shoot some goblins what the fuck <laughs> that was <laughs> dude i jumped onto it scaled up its back between its wings and while it's in the air stabbing it in the neck <laughs> <laughs> it was sick. The the it won me over with the the uh, the fighting. Granted, I will say, part of the mechanics of the fights are the jumping around, the throwing your companions, your pawns onto it, that was awesome. <laughs> things like that. But in terms of just what you can do by yourself, it was very limiting. I found like you basically are pressing two buttons for the most part if you're not grappling with it. So that was a little disappointing. I think some of that had to do with how restrictive the classes themselves were. Like, yeah. I, I had no interest in playing a sword and shield warrior. So for half the demo, I was just like, oh, stab, stab, block. Like, it was uninteresting for me. So it, that and with the character creation being such an important part of that game, not showing that uh, variety in the demo is a huge problem. Yeah. Joe, did you get a chance to try it out? I got to kill me a griffin. All right. cool. It was very happy. 
it was epic. I will say that that fight with the Griffin was it was like, oh, this is so freaking cool. It was, but again, it was the moment that you really jump in and you're jumping around, you're hanging on to it, you're doing all kinds of stuff and trying not to fall to your death <laughs> while I was bucking like a Bronco. That was fun. I, I'm just really disappointed that we didn't get to see more of the story. Yeah, and, I mean, but I mean, I don't know how much they could have crammed in the demo anyway, really. I mean, a quest, that, maybe a quest, but I mean, would that really give you any inkling of like the rest of the story? It would still at least give you a concept of how the even the questing works in the game, where it's a viable mechanic. And they could have still put, you know, a storyline. I mean, if the game is as big as that, has enough story to it, they can spare one quest line that you can do that can still take an hour, and that should not, still not take away that much from the game. So, but we got nothing, nothing, nothing. And that was pretty disappointing. And for the record, Hoogs, you can turn off the pawn subtitles. Yeah, really? Freaking Hoogs <laughs> just God. likes to complain. Text all over the place. There's not text all over the place. Hmm, it was options, off on this. Pawn yeah. subtitles off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about a game options, where options. there was a ton of lore and story and that was the walking dead that just came out god now i picked up now we're gonna try really hard we're not gonna spoil anything partially also because... I, I, it's one of those mass effect scenarios though i think even if you do spoil it we might have played two completely different games well within reason yeah. the uh i didn't finish it i got part way through now i actually picked it up for pc now here's something where i want to give Props to Telltale as well. They had a problem with their version that they'd kept of the game right prior to release. The version they sent off to Steam was fine, but they had a problem with the version they had on their servers, and they didn't have the same backup that they'd sent to Steam, which I don't understand how you can do that, but anyways. So the game was delayed if you had bought it directly from Telltale, which is what I'd done. If you had pre-ordered through Steam, you got it the day it was released. Now, people went batshit crazy, as people are wont to do when they don't get what they paid for immediately. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll get it tomorrow, whatever. At the end of the day, I get a freaking email from Telltale saying, if you, if you pre-order from us, you still haven't gotten it, as you obviously know. Here's a key to get it from Steam. We'll still be able to, we'll still provide you with the one that you purchased through us, but here's a key just so that you're not left wanting and waiting. I was like, holy freaking hell, you guys are awesome. So I got it and I played it. Now I will say the port, the PC port sucks. Okay. <laughs> the PC port sucks ass because you know how you only have certain amount of time to make your choices? Well, you're using the freaking scroll wheel to scroll down the options or you can, for some of them, it appeared with the numbers, some of them it didn't. And it was just a suck ass port. Once I plugged in my gamepad, then I was laughing. Then it was fine. But without the gamepad, oh, my God. It was just a pain in the ass. But, oh, my God, I loved it. Oh, my God, it is freaking awesome. I am so happy I bought this. The story is just freaking fantastic. And like we talked about before, too, I love the look of it. I absolutely, it, it mm -hmm. just works so well. So that's what Glenn looks like in color. Yeah, really. <laughs> Glenn's been through some shit. <laughs> no wonder he's so messed up. It makes sense now. I was hoping that they'd show him taking his son into the barn. 
because he was keeping everybody in the bar and all of his family. So it would have been the little, you know, hat tip to the people who'd read the comic that no, you're keeping people in the barn. So, but, uh, but no, I, it was again, freaking awesome. So how far did you, Vince, I know you finished it. Joe, how much did you put in? I didn't really get a chance to put okay. much time in because I was busy, um, with real life stuff for one. Wow. I know. Um, but from what I've gotten to play with of it so far, it's absolutely hysterical. Like, I, I, and I hysterical? mean, that is, is I, yes, no, and here's why. <laughs> because there are some weird decisions in there that are basically just like, and, and this isn't really going to ruin it, but it's like what you would expect. Like, all right, well, one of these people has to die. You pick. It's like, what? Really? It's like, <laughs> not only okay, that, you have like, like six seconds. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time. Like no time at all to decide. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Okay, you. I don't like you. Die. And I'm like, but I liked him. It's just really weird. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's like, what's funny about it is my reaction to it. Because I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, did I really just say that to the computer screen? Really? Well, see really? what what I found was that, like you're saying, you there's very little time to make certain choices. Which, as much as I hate it, I can appreciate it from a gaming standpoint. That mm-hmm. if you were there. You're not going to have a ton of time to decide. Oh, yeah. Freaking zombies are coming chomping on somebody. Who's it going to be? And so, case in point, well, here's a little spoiler alert for folks, and spoiler now. When um, um, uh, the, he's underneath the tractor and the kid's on the top, Dumb I didn't kid. see... What's that? Dumbass kid. Yeah, really? <laughs> Where's your helmet? Get your helmet on, kid. Again! But the... Um, I didn't see the option. Again, I was going quickly with the the joypad and trying to get to the, you know, what can I do here? And I didn't see the option to save the kid. I only saw the option to save him. So I saved him. And then a little later on, too, there's an option to, like, you're trying to save someone. I'll leave it at that. And I couldn't get my cursor over the reticle, reticule fast enough to do something. So somebody else saved them. And there's that little, so-and-so is going to remember that you didn't save them. And it was like, God damn it. That's going to come back to bite me in the ass in two months now or something. Two, two months, maybe another hour from just Well, saying. I'm talking about because, again, what the choices you make in this game, this chapter are going to affect further chapters as well. I... I am of the opinion it's possible you might not even survive this chapter if you <laughs> screw up enough. Well, that's possible. I I haven't done too bad, and and only you know one person died, and that wasn't my fault. But yeah, uh, I, I have I haven't been Vince Shepard destroyer. Really? <laughs> I, so I mean, Clementine is still alive, is what you're saying? I need to, but like, but uh, have either of you guys gotten to the drugstore yet? I'm in the drugstore no. now. Like that scene. Well, maybe it was different for you, Raj, because you didn't have the kid. But that scene when you kid. first arrive at the drugstore is so intense because you have seriously six different people yelling at you all at once. Yep. And it's just dialogue choice after dialogue choice and rapid fire. And it's I was panicking <laughs> in that scene. It is one of those where, again, and I liked that as much as I hated it. I liked it because it was frantic and like, oh, crap. And that's where I missed one of my options later. On it was like son of a bitch. That's gonna come back. I know it. Says she's gonna be upset with me. <laughs> you never saved me. Um, but the one thing I did find though, and and this is certainly not to sound like a prude, the f bomb dropping I thought was so over the top excessive that it was like, okay, what are you guys trying to prove here? Seriously, it was 
it was laughable at one point. I don't know if okay. you found the same. Yeah. No? I, I would expect that in a zombie situation. I would I'm too, but... I'm probably going to be saying that quite a bit. <laughs> I'm okay. just saying, like, is that like, me? I'm a... on the Normandy, just chit, 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 chit. I yeah, just thought it was, it was a joke. It, was, it became a joke at one point. I'm listening to this old guy talk, and I'm going, oh, come on, really? Seriously? Like, okay, give me a break. So so that's why I would was like, hit him to shut him up. I was like, press X, click. <laughs> shut up, bitch. <laughs> okay. We done talking about that one? I think so. Not without ruining anything. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We're gonna wait at, at least another week or so, and then we'll come back to it and talk about it. Because I, dude, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And like I said, the style was awesome. I I really do like the frantic pace of it. Um, well, hell, even just at the beginning when he's in the cop car, and spoiler, and they're about to hit the zombie, it was like I didn't have time to do anything but hit the first option. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to read everything. It was like, <laughs> bloom, hit a button. And it was that was it. There was no time. And so I, I really am digging that frantic pace. And that's going to be, I, it gives me a lot of faith for all of the episodes now, which is awesome. That means I've got this awesome game to play for however many months this is going to take till it's done. But it also has that same pacing that makes the comic so successful as frantic moment and then time to relax between the storm. and then shit happens and then okay let's deal with it yeah and they're doing a good job with characterization which is the walking dead that's what it's all about so you care about these people um so again we're really seeing that and i'm i'm kind of digging it really really happy about that uh something else that happened last week too the pre-orders for torchlight 2 went up Woo-hoo. so if you haven't picked up your uh, your copy well not picked up but uh, pre-ordered your copy you can do that now on steam it's available and they've got the bonus too where you can get a four pack and get one for free if you get the four pack so that is very very exciting that means it's coming very very soon rapido i know you got your copy oh yeah so and if you buy the copy you pre-order you get the first one as well so for those four people... Just in case they haven't yeah. been listening to us for the last three years. <laughs> I've actually found people that didn't have it. I've been giving away copies again. So, yeah, very awesome. So again, if you didn't pick it up, now's the time. Oh, you want to talk about Assassin's Creed 3. Vince, I'm going to let you tackle that. Yeah, I found this really cool article over on Penny Arcade Report talking about the challenges they had with this game. And going in, they decided to make the uh, playable character Connor part Native American because the Native Americans uh, played both sides in the war. They both got used by the Americans and by the English, and it gave them an opportunity to have an outside character that, you know, wasn't just going to be, okay, American guy killed the people in the red shirts, British guy killed the people in the blue shirts. As this third party, he could operate independently. However, that choice gave them certain problems, (laughs) the first of which is pronunciation. I mean, his actual yep. name, I'm not going to try to say it, but who the hell spells a word that has both an apostrophe and a colon in it? <laughs> Those are clicks. <laughs> <laughs> but they were saying that they actually found, you know, went to Native American museums and had the curators re- record them saying these names. And even to the point where, like, they really wanted to use this one, you know, important figure or or, or city, and they just couldn't get the freaking name right, and they had to change it in the game. 
<laughs> or or even beyond that, uh, talking about the voice actors. You know, okay, any voice actor can pull off an Italian accent and it'll kind of work. And they're like, there is almost no way you can have a voice actor do a Native American accent and just not have it sound really racist. <laughs> So this is this is the kind of things they really had to overcome. And there is one big decision that they had to deal with, and that was the entire concept of scalping. And I really credit Ubisoft for wanting to make these games as historically accurate as possible. Holographic aliens notwithstanding. <laughs> but this is something that happened. It, it was a big part of the time. But then they started realizing, you know, really looking into it, you know, most of the scalping victims, it did, it would happen while they were still alive. And once you put this concept into the hands of players, okay, what could have been kind of nifty as, oh, okay, you know, kill this one head dude, take a scalp, bring it back as proof, suddenly becomes kind of creepy when you have some 13-year-old scalping the giant pile of guards he's just killed. But so they decided that... <laughs> In the interest of not being terrible human beings, they would step back on that one aspect of the history. But it's all right to take ears and string them in a necklace in D two. Like I mean, that's just classy. That yeah, that that has nothing to do with that's Vietnam and what happened there. So I mean, we've already seen things that are from war eras and faithfully and not even faithfully but put into various games i think that if they would have done it faithfully and i think that it they could have pulled it off quite easily and, and well i think I, it, it's definitely possible and but yeah that's the decision they made so yeah for good for good or ill that's how it's going to be oh and i'm I mean, i'm fine i'm just saying that it, i don't want to say cheaping out way. but i think that again I, with some with a little hard work it could have been put in there and and made relevant and not just excessive and gratuitous mm -hmm. so like to, to quote them they say it's historical it's uncomfortable but if a, if it's a procedural mechanic it's going to be everywhere you can't offer that sort of thing and expect people not to do it once you add the ability to scalp someone we had the vision of this kid killing 19 people and then going and scalping one and then scalp, scalping two it's just super uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else uh, that's pretty much what I got for it. Okay. Okay. Let's move it's on. Just, it's just it's just cool to see you know how it's how they're struggling going from a European setting to something completely different. Well, I, 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 a little aside to that, I actually one of my best friends is a really big fan of the Assassin's Creed game series, and he is actually Native American, so he's been following three like you wouldn't believe, and he's been sending me stuff like this. Like I'll get text messages that like. Five o'clock in the morning, I just found another article. This is awesome. So it's kind of cool to see him get really excited about that because they're using some of that stuff with that character development that he can really identify with. Like, And we haven't had enough of that. We haven't had enough of that at all. I mean, you have the like you have the classic Italian where, I mean, there's a yeah, dozen of Italian gamers all over there. for three games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he reminds me of one of my weird cousins. Hey, my grandma you know? says that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my cousin Bobby says that. You know, but like this was just kind of cool because like to see his eyes light up and just kind of like th this really is happening. He's like, oh, my God, look at that tomahawk. And he just got so excited about it. And, and I know because he picked me up from the airport and he was gushing about it the entire ride home. 
I think it's so awesome. It was, I do think it's awesome. And that's is. why I'd like to see it be as accurate as is possible for a game kind of thing while still maintaining all of the other things that they have to worry about kind of thing. I, I just... Would be I, nice. It, it has to be something that's fantastic because we haven't seen enough of this where it's treated with the respect that it deserves. Okay, let's move away from there and talk about Dishonored. And I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this periodically until the game comes out because <laughs> I am so freaking excited about this game. It's unbelievable. And the more I hear, the, the more excited I get. There was an awesome dev video that came out. It's linked in the show notes. You guys should definitely go and listen to it. It's fantastic stuff. I These guys are so passionate about their game and hearing what is being put into it is, it, 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 again, it makes it, just something that is again i think about what we're looking at now with different games and how many choices they're offering you and how to play it and i mean some of this is coming from again you got deus ex lead designer here they know how to do that kind of thing but this is just taking it to another level and i'm loving everything that we're hearing about it and and this other stuff we're getting where like i we saw you know the time stopping and all that crazy stuff but i didn't know you could actually possess other people or not yeah, even other people cool. yeah animals like mm-hmm. th- 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 this one Fish. level they're talking about <laughs> take, takes place in a bathhouse and okay you could you could creep along the rooftops and you know pick the lock or you could just possess a fish and swim in <laughs> like just all the crazy options that they're giving you i uh, they're, they're doing the whole non-lethal approach if you want but it's not so much okay talk your way out of a situation or stealth past no go find a crime lord that this guy owes money to and have his have him lock him up in a freaking basement forever guy's still out of the picture your contract is fulfilled yeah, and they were saying, if that's not enough, there's all kinds of other things following that route as well. Like, in terms of having a sandbox feel to an RPG, they're doing it right. They're giving us more options than than we should ha- be able to get, really, because, th- again, I, I'm thinking about, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a moment as well, having listened to the, um, the PAX uh, panel that had uh, Ken Levine and David Gator, and who was the other one? And uh, what's his name? The Fallout follow. guy. Yeah. I have it here one second. So having <laughs> listened Hello. to that and seeing what they were saying about how, uh, I think it was David Gator who was saying as well, like sometimes they don't pay as much attention to different things simply because they look at what is the percentage of players that are going to experience this. And if it's not that high, they're just not going to put that much into it. So when you're looking at this and you're seeing how many options you're going to have, it's insane how much. And from what we've seen through demos um, and videos and whatnot and what they're saying, it still does appear that regardless of how many people are going to get a chance to do it, it's there and there's it's going to be freaking awesome as well. So they were as the, the, one of the articles was the 18 things about Dishonored that you should know. What was one of the ones th- one things that really jumped out at you? The keyholes. I love that too. How <laughs> you know you you can actually peek through the keyhole to see what's on the other side. Like I, I think maybe the Thief games did that, and you know you kind of got a little bit of that in Splinter Cell with a little camera, but it's not something you see very often. Yeah. What I loved is that the and it's title too. One of the powers that they didn't mean to give players. But but did people figured out that if you see if you're on top of a building and you see a guard walking by, jump off the building before you hit the ground, possess the guard and you won't die from the fall. Now, what I love is that they hadn't thought of this. 
but they didn't take it out. They thought it was so awesome that the, 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 the gamers figured this out. We won't take it away from them. It's awesome. Let's leave it in the freaking game. So when the game ships, you're going to be able to do this now because <laughs> these testers figured out how to do it. I love that. And that to me means here's a company that respects its gamers and wants the game to be fun. Here, we're not going to take it away from you because you, you found it. No, we're going to reward you. You can keep it. It's going to be in the game. Working as intended? Tended. Yeah, really. <laughs> we don't hear that nearly often enough. Okay, let's move on to Skyrim. we got some news about some DLC as well. Joe? Yeah, one of the uh, the things that we've been getting lately is uh, news that Skyrim's going to have like all these DLCs. Well, there's been a new patch that points to a brand new DLC. Uh, new artwork has been found that has our intrepid warrior looking at a rather weird goblin naked dude on a something and sort of like a tomb area, uh, possibly a, a troll or something else like that. Uh, but it looks like it, you're seeing things like snow elves are going to be in the game and things like that. Like there's all these new character files that are being uncovered and it just like they're making and adding much more cooler things than I expected. I didn't expect an entire new race to kind of just pop up in the game. That was kind of cool. I am. I, based on some of the things that they'd said beforehand and some of the things that they developed, but that, you know, might never make it in, but they've got it ready in case they want to, like freaking riding dragons. Like, there's a lot of things. I'm really, I'm hopeful that we're going to be seeing some unbearably epic things, especially as it ramps up to the point, because, again, as as sales are eventually dwindling, they're going to want to ramp up the DLC as much as possible to entice people to then buy the game and, and the DLC, of course. So I'm expecting that we're going to see even cooler than that down the road. I'm just personally interested to see in how they plan on implementing the snow elves because they went extinct a couple thousand years ago. So and that's that's what I'm most interested in, just seeing how they're going to pull this off. Definitely. It might have something to do with that tomb. You never know. Okay, let's talk about this PAX panel. Because if again, if you guys didn't see it, I've got the link in the show notes. Make sure to definitely check it out. And this was at PAX East, and it's an hour long, so set aside some time because, quite honestly, it's all worth watching. And they talk to these guys about stories and games and about narrative and about various concessions that writers have to make based on budget and all kinds of stuff. And it was absolutely fantastic. And what it also did was reinforce the the idea that freaking David Gator is awesome. There's, there's no ifs, ands, <laughs> or buts about this. Gator is freaking awesome. He's the man. And it was just absolutely awesome beginning to end. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Oh, it was so cool, especially with these three guys and, you know, their, their various games that they're responsible for, how they took three completely different approaches to narrative. You know, David Gator representing the Bioware formula of just lots of dialogue, really in-depth character-driven stuff. And then you have Ken Levine with, you know, the Bioshock style of things just kind of happen around you that guide you along. And then you have uh, Avalone with the Fallout style of, you know, we're not really going to push you that much in any one direction. Just do what you want to do, and the game will kind of work its way around you to get you where we want you to go. So just the, the, the completely different concepts as to what exactly narrative is in a game that all work. Yeah, and that... 
the merit is there and they can prove it. It's just it's not just empty words. It's like, no, this is why it works for us this way. This is what we take from it. This is the behind the curtain that you don't understand and why we do certain things. Like when they were talking about Planescape, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and he's talking about Gators talking about how awesome it is. <laughs> And resource limitations. Like resource limitations. This is why we did this. You know why we did tattoos? And this is why. <laughs> there just wasn't money. And I loved it. And I loved hearing them also talking about the DLC for Fallout and how they were told, listen, you're not getting any money. You're not getting any more resource assets, nothing. Work with what you got and make an awesome DLC. And a lot of people have this misguided idea of what writing for games is. And it's ironic because there was also some talk of that in the Rational Podcast with Ken Levine where he interviewed Amy Henning which from Naughty Dog who worked, of course, on Uncharted. And I haven't gotten through that whole thing, but it's awesome so far. Excuse me. And what I love is Again, we keep hearing about how, as opposed to a lot of other media, whether it's TV or movies or books or screenplays and things like that, the writer's job is pretty much set in stone what it is that a writer does and when their involvement is done. In games, it's not like that. The writer, it's it's constantly changing, and there's a lot of different limitations based on, on the budget in terms or of the, the money, and yeah. also based yeah. on... Listen, it's going to be too complicated complicated for us to do what we'd originally planned with, say, this boss fight encounter or whatever. We're changing it. Make it work so that it leads to that place now. I really love seeing the man behind the curtain in both of these. It was absolutely awesome. Ken Levine hates your ideas. That You know what's funny? Is that I need to write that and put it down on my desk on a post-it note because the quote... Again, the quote being that I, I don't, what was it? I, I don't give a shit about your, or I, what, yeah, what, I don't exactly? care about your ideas. I don't care about your ideas. It's the show execution. Me that you can so what I loved was, again, that it's all well and good to have ideas. And he said, everybody's got great ideas. Don't care. It's the execution. Show me what you can do with it. And that's, again, what a lot of people need to hear. Yeah, it's great that you have all these great ideas to do amazing mm-hmm. things. Now do something with that that's where you're going to get somewhere. I love that. That's going to be the quote that I take from this entire one hour long, which is saying a lot considering the awesomeness of everything else that was said. It was like a giant ball of awesome set on fire and then like (laughs) partied around. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like I I was like, I don't know about you guys, but like my chair was moist. Like I was just happy. Okay. Now I I also really liked what they were talking about the, the actual character's role in the story and the narrative, how in a game, the character has two parts. One is the visual avatar on the screen. And then the other is the player and that both parts of that character have to be considered in some way. Talking about, you can go fully on one end of the spectrum with the call of duty or halo style, you know, first person shooter, nameless, faceless protagonist have all the stuff go on around them. And, you know, the player just kind of feels what they're going to feel in that situation. You move the, the, the bar a little farther and you have your shepherd style characters where the character itself is established, but the player has a lot of say-so in exactly how that character is formed. And then all the way at the other end, you have your full-blown characters, like your Drake or your Kratos, where you really don't have that much or even any input in the actual characterization of it, but they're relatable enough in a way that you can still invest yourself in those stories and how it's actually really easy to go too far over the edge. And like for me, as soon as they ever started talking about this, I was like clicked in my head, Metal Gear Solid. 
because especially you know once I hit like Metal Gear Solid Four, I wasn't playing as Solid Snake anymore. I was just guiding Snake along his along his journey, and I, I felt enough of that disconnect that the game did not click for me. So it just the the way the characters interact with the narrative was also pretty eye-opening see that's one of the things that of course i took away from there as well i absolutely love that but it's something that if you're a gamer listening to this it won't mean nearly as much to you however if you're someone that enjoys writing in any way shape Mm -hmm. or form and can appreciate the 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 work that's involved for creating these characters for making you care about them it was unbelievably awesome to hear these guys talking about it because again like you're saying they're talking about the differences in terms of what you have to bring to the table as a writer when you have to make someone care about this character and you have to not just look at the story not just look at different things but look at the type of story it is going to be and how much freedom the gamer is going to have in terms of how they're going to relate to that character or if it's going to be one of those you know they feel that they are that character. Like, say what you will again about Shepard, that he mo- a lot of people play him like he normally appears, but you can change his look and all that. Shepard mm-hmm. eventually becomes you. You know, choices that another, you yeah. want to make. He's no <laughs> Sadistic, longer... Sadistic, homicidal yeah, bastard. Warden killing be. bastard. Um, so, as opposed to Nathan, that was the perfect example, too, because here's a story that is so unbelievably well-written that you care a ton about the player, and you want to relate with him in that regard. You want to help him in this quest, but it's not the same feeling. It's completely different because you're not that character. I loved it. It was... It was absolutely fantastic. And Levine did a great job, too. A lot of what he said, because Levine cuts to the thick of it. It's just like, yeah, listen. Yeah, these other guys is, go talking, talking. Levine's just like, shut up. This is this is what is This is what it is. This is why we're doing this. And because we've seen him, he cares about that characterization, and he cares about how it relates to people. And it was great hearing him talk exactly about that, but how it works then with... Um, with Booker versus with, uh, damn it, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth. 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 I keep forgetting that. But as it pertains to both of those, because they're so differently written, because one of them, you have some some control, the, the gamer will have some control over the justifications, the motivations, whereas with the other ones, they're just there. Brilliant, brilliant freaking little video, hour long, I shouldn't say little, Make sure to check it out. It's well worth listening. I would agree. It's well worth every moment you spend on it. Okay. With that, we're actually going to call it a wrap for tonight. So thanks for everyone for joining us. The episode will be out in a couple of days, of course. If you need to reach us, you can do so at For The Lore, or you can reach us on Twitter at For The... I had something stuck in my throat there. (laughs) Achievement unlocked. At For The Lore, yeah. (laughs) Boom. Or you can email ForTheLore at gmail.com. With that, we will see you guys next week. In the past few weeks, I've had the pleasure of playing through the two downloadable content offerings for Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Both The Legend of Dead Kel and Teeth of Naros offer interesting experiences, but in different ways. Starting, of course, with the story, Dead Kel promises a bit more than it delivers. 
Though already killed once, the pirate Kel is still raiding the shipping lanes, and a call is put out to adventurers to bring him to a stop. Of course, the Fateless One answers the call and ends up on the island of Gallows End. Once on the island, I was surprised to find that the locals and their zealous devotion to their god Akara were far more interesting than dead Kel and his crew. Kel himself shows up every now and then, yells at your character, and then runs off until the final confrontation. Throughout the storyline, I cared more about the villagers than I did anything involving Kel, and I wish that aspect had been explored a bit more. As for Teeth of Naros, that story was fantastic. You're introduced to the Colossi, a race of statue-like giants. Descended from the giants of old and kin to the Jotun and Etten, the Colossi have long fought their violent tendencies. The goddess Athene saw the potential of the race and called them to the Teeth of Naros, promising peace and enlightenment if they could put aside their warlike ways. Unfortunately, they reach too high too soon, and it's up to the Fateless One to set things right. The actual story and characters are by far the strongest point of this DLC, and even rival anything in the main game. There's a significant difference in the content of the two DLCs as well. Dead Kel has very few side quests, but they're all fun and interesting. You learn more about the island and its inhabitants, and they all have a bit of pirate flair, such as searching for actual buried treasure. Grave Hall Keep, Dead Kel's fantastic player housing, has tons of its own quests, though they're either simple gathering quests or just dialogue. By contrast, Teeth of Naros has dozens of new quests, easily as many as any region in the main game, if not more. Unfortunately, while there's plenty of quantity, the quality is no different than any other normal quests found throughout the game. And after 70 hours of reckoning, I wanted something a little different out of a DLC. So, while Teeth of Naros likely gave the player more to do, I found myself actually spending more time playing Legend of Dead Kel. One other aspect to look at is what the DLCs offer as expansions to the core game. Dead Kel has Gravehall Keep, which blows away any house in Reckoning proper. Instead of dropping a bunch of gold in an NPC, you must actually gather the components needed to build the expansions. Beyond that, you have a library you must gather books for, an art gallery in need of paintings, a beast pen where you can collect pets, and even some Fable 3 style Lord of the Keep events. Many of these extras will grant you passive bonuses to your character, much like the lore stones found throughout the game. With enough of these buffs, you can become immensely powerful. Teeth of Naros adds a new damage type to the game, Primal Damage. Primal weapons will lower the elemental resistance of your enemies, allowing your spells to hit harder. While I question including a new mechanic that only benefits some players, as a warrior mage hybrid, primal damage was a great enhancement, even if the weapons themselves were slightly less powerful. There are still a few things I would like to see in future DLCs that neither of these episodes brought to the table. First of all is difficulty. One of Reckoning's major flaws was a complete lack of it. Even on hard difficulty, I never once died. DLC is a great way to add in some stronger enemies that will present a challenge. Second is gear. Both DLCs boasted a wealth of new items, and did deliver on that promise. However, the problem is that none of them was an upgrade. As a master blacksmith, which many players are, anything I can make myself far exceeds the items that I was able to obtain otherwise. 
With all these fancy, unique weapons and armor sets, I should at least consider a new piece before I sell it to a vendor. Even the new primal weapons I forged in Teeth of Naros were slight downgrades statistically. Still, both Legend of Dead Kel and Teeth of Naros are great additions to Reckoning in their own ways. I'd give Dead Kel the edge in content, but Teeth of Naros wins in the story department. Either way, both are worth your $10 asking price, and I really hope Big Huge Games builds upon what they've done here for future content patches. How much you get to play uh, Guild Wars 2? Significantly. <laughs> okay. And you went through the ever-so-short Dragon's Dogma demo? Yes. Okay. And uh, The Walking Dead, how much did you put in? I did a full run-through. Oh, okay. I haven't finished it yet, so... Okay, no problem. Okay, good. I played a lot of damn games. <laughs> really? It would appear. Thank you for that. You're quite welcome. That's uh, to make up for all the ones you missed that I mute when we're actually on the show. Did you see this, um, the game about dating disabled girls? Yes, I did. Okay, did you actually read the article? Yes, I did. Okay, did you download it? Not yet. Okay, I, <laughs> just to show... It's in my bookmark. Yeah, just to show, like, because this was something Joe was saying, like, this is so a game for Vince, and I was thinking, oh, great, some weird-ass crap. So then, then I read it and was like, God damn, this sounds actually decent. It sounds good. Holy crap, Dan. You slumming it with us here? Okay, that's good enough. Go ahead and refresh. <sighs> hey, where'd all the show notes go? What's the matter, Dan? Had nothing better to do tonight? I love, I'm, sc it with I'm us. scrolling through and I see weird shit. I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? Well, that's the thing. I, I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hadn't put in. Like, I hadn't I actually read it by then. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I hadn't yet read it. So that's why, like, Joe's thing was, this is going to be something that, that Vince would be interested in. And then you read the title, you know, and then it's like, oh, God. And I was telling Joe, like, I'm not, we're not going to talk about this even. It sounds, oh, forget about it. And then I actually read the article about it and was like, God damn, this okay, this is sounds actually awesome. So it doesn't know me at all. It doesn't have nearly enough tentacles. Yeah, really. I think the hope was there. He might not have read the article. He just <laughs> read the title and said, This is right up Vince's alley. I'm gonna put it in there just to piss Raj off. That's what that was. Okay, are you it just stopped? Oh. Bunch of whiners. Feedback Freaking whiners. Something like you got up. Whiny. Cry, baby. Suck asses. You heard me. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Amir. <laughs> Dude, I missed fucking everything. What were you Not doing? He was freaking are, California. Are we, are we recording? right now <laughs> we are recording oh, and okay. broadcasting uh, so thanks to everybody in the audience for <laughs> dropping by we appreciate you coming and we'll talk to you guys next week and stop broadcasting <laughs> jesus that Joe. was all i got he's your freaking co-host for a couple of years he's never on aim when i'm around and i've been so busy this week sorry I if i'm not online at three in the morning yeah.
God. Share what a I little. Mean? But I told you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> no, you tell I, me I, shit I, that I, I don't want to know. That's, 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 that's true. That's true. And stop saying I don't like those types of games, you asshat. <laughs> what, what the hell is wrong with like? you? What's I never, like? I never said like? that I don't like them. In fact, I really do like them a lot. I just haven't found many of them as of late that are worth playing. But when yeah. I was playing, it looked like crap. It took too long. The community was full of assholes. Hmm. I wonder yeah. what I'm going to think about this. Yeah. Well, they got oh, yeah. two out of three of that figured out. <laughs> train, train. Well, it's bringing my baby, cause she's my, oh, oh, my, she's my, oh.